creakings upstairs someone's walking around or something let's do the welcomes welcome to crime by the bar welcome i'm anna and i'm Jonathan. And you're listening to our Friday Mysteries. Yes. Mm. It's Friday. We have unsolved crimes, hopefully mysterious stuff. I was going to say lovely stories to tell, but... Not so lovely. Possibly not so lovely, but they are stories and we love to tell them. Yeah, they're interesting at least. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully. <laughs> I, yeah. I haven't had mine vetted. So, oh dear, you know. yeah. We have no vetting process. So, no, that's um, true. Maybe we need, maybe we need someone to, to send them to and they can decide whether they're interesting enough. I mean, to be fair, our lovely, lovely listeners are could be considered our vetting process. It's a bit too late for that. I mean, we'll have already mm. uploaded it by the time we know they know well, what we're doing. Yeah, but I mean, the listeners, we have an intimate bond there, and that is more of a close relationship than, I don't know, the rest of the world. Maybe we're yeah. going to put out a, a drunken, bari crime book or something, and the listeners will oh, help really? us. Who knows? That'll be interesting. Yeah. Mm. I like books. Yeah, me too. We should do a cocktail book. Ooh, Ooh. With crimes attached. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you're... I'm sorry, you were just saying you're a bit Trevellini. That's I'm a interesting. i Trevellini. Well, mm. I mean, it depends what avenue you, you go down with mine. I think there's more to it than maybe some people would. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I think mm. it's a bit Trevellini. Um, although there's a clear end point. Okay. So. Um, if it is Trevellini, though, I'm wondering if I'm not worse. Like, I tried to get a pretty, I'm not going to say subtle crime. Are but you going a, for vanilla this time? Well, I was going for less gruesome, let's say that. Okay, good. Um, but if you have a Trevellini cliffhanger, then I think I might be worse, actually. Mm, it's not so much a cliffhanger, it's a revisit. We know, mm. we know... Well, if there's a chance of anyone secretly absconding to France and then some other country living like an international spy, mm. uh, yeah, okay, that's kind of what I have as Someone, a troubling in my mind. Someone's definitely a bit dead. Uh, just a little bit? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know my face. <laughs> that was a perfect face. It's <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> like... I'm trying to twist my bottom lip back into my face and <laughs> nodding while frowning and doing a lot of eyebrows. I will tell you, you succeeded. Um. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I don't know. I mine, mine's super sad, so I I don't I don't really know. Um, mm. Originally, I was going to do the Wanda Beach murders in Australia, and I actually changed it last minute to an Irish one. Oh, you did actually change I did it. Change ah. it. Yeah. Ah. Um, oh. Because the one so beach one was super the horrible. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's another beach one, but hmm. yeah. Fair enough. So, who do you think is worse? I don't know. You pick. You pick. Who? Who? Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Well, if you have a any kind of bit of Trevellini, I think you're a bit less worse than I am. Okay. Hmm. Does yours have an happy ending? No. 
Okay, then it doesn't matter. You can you can go first. <laughs> it's not an happy ending, but considering it's crime and it's unsolved, then it's pretty much a baseline of what you'd expect, I think. Yeah, okay. For me, at least. So. Okay. Um, shall I tell you a story? Yeah, tell me a story. Nice. I didn't even ask you this time. Wow. Well, Where, for once. You we? do kind of catch me off guard normally as we're doing banter and then just tell me your story i'm like oh uh, yes story. <laughs> it's kind of what i like stealth questions <laughs> i've noticed i've noticed well 24 episodes in you you're asking your own questions we're in 24 we're episodes in 24. we're in 24 that means that we'll okay not quite I was thinking just the, uh, well, the average length of our episodes have kind of gone up. We're trying to keep it in a little bit now. This is this is going to be a short one, I reckon. Yeah, probably, probably. But um, if you're listening to this on the way to work, it's probably a lot more comfortable. <laughs> well, uh, I my instinct was we, I could almost say that we're almost covering like two days of listening, but we're not quite at 48 hours, I'd, get, uh, I'd guess. I Yeah, we're probably not far off it, though. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. My story. Yes. Tell me your story. I will. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> My story is about Jesse Earl. I have no idea who that is. There you go. Neither did I until a short while ago. Wow. So this is back in 1980. Not the 80s, 1980. Uh, Jessie was a student in her second year at uh, Eastbourne College. Okay, if you say so. The Eastbourne College of Art and Design in Sussex. Hey! Hey! Uh, we're talking 1980. In the evening of, um, let's see, it was Wednesday the 15th of May. Okay. So on this Wednesday, we have a nice connection. So Jessie called her mother from a phone box mm -hmm. this was the 80s after all uh at the uh, seafront and she said that she would be traveling home to um both her parents in uh, london on friday okay but she never arrived oh dear mm. jesse's mother uh, valerie uh, i think later i'm not sure when the transition was made but at the time of uh, most of the articles, she was a uh, retired yoga teacher. She definitely knew that her daughter was uh, trustworthy, uh, definitely not flaky or so. So she would definitely have informed them if the plans had changed or if she wasn't coming. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, she was supposed to come on Friday, but they heard nothing. So on the Saturday, Valerie took a train down to Eastbourne to check and make sure everything was all right. Um. She found Jessie's flats just empty. Um, well, empty of her daughter. Um, it was not emptied. It just looked like, uh, basically like, yeah, she'd pop out to the shops for a minute. So everything looked kind of normal. Yeah, all the yeah, stuff yeah. is around. There's nothing that's like, oh, the, all the luggage is gone and all of her favorite crap. No, it was just like frozen in time. It was basically, there were some dirty oh, dinner dishes on the table. Um, like a book and her reading glasses were on the floor. She no. had her purse just casually laid on the bed and That's such. so sad mm. it is well well i wouldn't go as sad it's a bit of like no that would just go normal but then but it's been a couple of days since she didn't go yeah yes 
so when she found this and like no trace of her daughter, uh, she uh, called her husband and then the police as well. And uh, the police was. I'm always happy when the police goes into like full on search mode because yeah. it's always trickier when you're talking about like uh, especially when you're talking adults even young adults it's like, like come on she's probably just like gone off with a boyfriend yeah. and not told you anything it's like really with all her crap behind exactly so, so no, I'm happy when I see this so like no no the police went uh, full on immediately into like no scouring the area sweeping mm-hmm. with the helicopters and sniffer dogs and everything good but nothing was found. Oh dear. So like, there was not a single witness that even thought they had seen her or anyone matching her description since the, um, I think it was early Thursday. Was the last time, the last 100% confirmed one was on the Wednesday, sometime after she placed a call. Yeah. Uh, but like, no, no one even believed they had seen her uh, Thursday onwards. Whoa. Okay. So the parents started uh, basically their own campaign of like uh, printing missing persons posters uh, all around the country. They really didn't give up. They went and pushed this. They appeared on like a BBC chat show. What BBC chat show? Do you have it? Uh, It was with, uh, I don't know the show. It was with uh, Terry Wogan. Terry Wogan. I mean, everyone knows Terry Wogan. So yeah, they also took part in uh, Crime Watch and uh, they even pursued lines of inquiry offered by psychics but i couldn't find any details on that so yeah well regardless nothing was found they got no information there basically so so nine years later Mm -hmm. in april 1989 yeah a man was uh, playing with his son at uh, beachy head in east sussex okay do you know beachy head no Oh, you don't? Oh, I, I would have assumed that you did know. I, I have no um, idea what you're talking about. Okay, so Beachy Head is basically a, a range of uh, chalksy cliffs. Okay. You know, really uh, big, white, steep cliffs. Okay. Uh, it is, like, there is a lot of possibility of some really nice uh, photos there on both ends, just seeing the cliffs and also looking out over them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are actually the highest as in the highest drop of uh, Chalksea Cliffs or Sea Cliffs in uh, Britain. Okay. Peaking at 162 meters, which is 531 feet mm-hmm. uh, above sea level. Wow. Which, unfortunately, also is a connection to why it's known as a very common spot for suicides. Suicide. Yes. Oh, dear. Uh, of course, due to the well location, the height of the cliffs, and just the steepness, you can just yeah walk off basically. Mm. However, the man and his son, uh, I would recommend you actually checking up some photos of Beachy Head. I've I've heard it mentioned a lot of times, but the kind of silliness of the name made me dismiss it a bit. But looking at photos, it is quite impressive actually. Mm, okay, I will check it out. Um, but the uh, the man and his son, uh, they were playing with a kite, and uh, as probably you or anyone who has ever flown a kite at a young age can attest to, it is inevitable that the kite will crash and get stuck somewhere. Yeah, of course. So this kite crashed into uh, a uh, pretty deep thicket on the cliff top, um. and as the father went to retrieve it, he 
first saw a skull and he found the skeletal remains of Jesse. So the police came there. Like it was very fast that they actually managed to identify her. Yeah. Uh, guessing teeth or dental work, but I'm yeah. not sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. NHS, you get free dental when you're mm. at school, so um, probably hasn't changed that much uh, between school age Jesse and mm-hmm. grown up Jesse. True. Uh, so they basically the police tore up the thicket and went through like the thicket, the soil, everything. But the only thing they could find, even resembling a clue, was Jesse's bra Ooh. that had been tied and very definitely used as basically tying her wrist together. No. So definite indication of foul play. Whoa. Uh, and that's like, creepy. It's really creepy, and like they didn't find anything else there, even things they were expecting to find, like um, a lot of her. Uh, very let's say um identifiable possessions yeah. uh, were missing like uh, she had a gold ring no sorry a silver ring mm-hmm. she had a watch an asthma inhaler and a leather bag yeah were, like everyone knew she was wearing this because it was not in the apartment she would not have lost it yeah. not all of them at least mm-hmm. uh, none of them were found anywhere near there and yeah so they, they could find nothing like the uh the possessions were missing. They had the bra. They had her skeletal remains. Found nothing. This went on for some while, and there was a review in uh, the year two thousand. Mm-hmm. But like, they didn't have a single suspect. They knew nothing at all. Wow. The only time anything actually happened after the investigation was in two thousand six. Yeah. So this was following the rape and murder of. Angelika Kluck, a Polish student in Glasgow. So, have you ever heard of Peter Tobin? No, no, all I saw is, uh, well, no, I didn't see that. <laughs> so, uh, Peter Tobin was a Scottish serial killer and repeated sex offender. Mm. Basically, the, um, uh, the rape and murder of Angelika was when he was caught and a lot of his other crimes um, was brought up. Wow. And he is currently still, today, serving uh, three sentences of life imprisonment with a uh, whole life order attached. Well, that's good. So he can never get out? It is. Well, almost never. I did look this up. And uh, so I I do like that there is a thing trying to enforce this. We've been talking about life sentences before. Yeah. Uh, So whole life order is basically, uh, to quote, the purpose of a whole life order is for a prisoner to be kept in prison until he or she dies with absolutely no chance of eventual release. Although, in Although. exceptional circumstances, a prisoner can still be released by the Home Secretary on a on compassionate grounds, such as great age or ill health. Fine, whatever. So it's not 100% bullet water legal proof, but still, it is a uh, pretty definite thing. Okay. So yeah, I, this is an entirely different case, but at the time that Jesse disappeared mm-hmm. in 1980, yeah. uh, Tobin was living uh, about 25 miles along the coast in Brighton. Okay. So once they started, once he was arrested and they started going through everything, mm-hmm. they 
they found a lot of cases which could be connected to him. Okay. But in the case of Jesse, there was really nothing concrete that could be found, like linking Tobin to her murder. Uh, and yeah, he was relatively nearby, but nothing else. And like the investigation was mostly, they were poking into this in 2006, 2007, uh, around his arrest and trial and all that. But um, after that, I couldn't find any more updates at all. And it does look very unlikely that we'll ever, ever learn what happened to Jesse, basically. So the possibility of a connection to another serial killer. But no, it was just all these very long pauses. Her parents are, of course, in a bit of a shambles. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a rough one, but... Yeah, that's, yeah. Mm. Oh, dear. So they they don't know when she left. They don't know, I mean, they they don't know how Mm. she left the home or anything else. Like, but she did have some of her stuff with her, but like normal stuff, like popping out to the shops. Exactly. Like I'm going out of the doors. um, Yeah. It's not like she was abducted from her home where there's any indication of that, but she definitely wasn't expecting to be out for a long time. Exactly. So, no, just gone. And then when I first saw this one and read the beachy head thing, I assumed it would be something with more like directly on the cliff or something. But no, partially just finding skeletal remains, but also with the bound wrists and everything. There's no doubt that there was foul play there. It's a very odd place to leave either a body or remains. Hmm, I think so. Well, I mean, if you're on top of the cliff, wouldn't you just check it? Hmm. Like, and do they think the body was there and decomposed there? I think that's a general idea. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. That's tricky. No, you, you have a good point with chucking it and just passing it off as some kind of suicide. Yeah, because if the cliffs are more than 100 meters high, as hmm. long as um, he doesn't, leave the wrists bound yeah then he can throw the body and i mean it's gonna yeah well i don't know i guess it depends how much time has passed as well because um i mean this was in that respect rather successful like nine years before discovery which is crazy which is kind of crazy can you imagine waiting for nine years just to get that news oh yeah um but but i mean that's also uh, please continue. I lost my train of thought. Oh, I, I, I have no further hmm. comments. Oh, oh, I remembered. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Um, I do know that a lot of places, especially in uh, England, as I understand it, with uh, like when you have cliffs or these like lookout or scenic points. Yeah. There are a lot of people, at least in the last decade. I'm not sure how it was in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people basically volunteering on um, like anti-suicide. Um, Which is even watch. weirder because why would you leave a body up there yeah. when there's potentially loads of people climbing? That's the thing. I mean, maybe it wasn't a thing back in the 80s because yeah. <laughs> yet again, obviously no one found her for nine years. But no, I, I've heard a lot of stories of people just going up, either enjoying the scenery or mm-hmm. think about stuff. And then all of a sudden someone comes up and like taps them like, are you okay? Do you want to sit down and yeah. talk like way far away from the edge? Um, <laughs> like these things. It's like, I'm just enjoying my sandwiches. Thanks. Mm. 
Like, are you though? Are you re? Like, yes, I am. I mean, it is a still still a good thing they're oh, no, doing. No, 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 it's but, really good. But yeah, if it's definitely if rather it's towards the wrong person, then it's always like, wait, what? Like, no. So, like, I had a bad day, but I don't think I look <laughs> like that upset. Well, one would hope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, that was that was it. That was my mystery. It is mysterious with a surprising lack of clues. I'm thinking back to my latest mysteries, and I think there are more, generally more clues or leads than this, but this is just complete dead end, basically. I kind of like it, though. Hmm. I, um, with these ones, I always hope that one day it's just something happens, case cracks, hmm. and and it's like, hey, remember what we talked about ages ago? Well, dun-dun-dun. Hmm. Yeah. I really should put up like a Google alert for all of our mysteries and see yeah, what happens. That, that would be, be a good idea. Or all mm. the cases generally. True, true. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially the more recent ones. I've been trying to keep an eye on, well, to be fair, mostly the some of the first ones we've done. But like, for instance, the um, uh, my first Dutch one with the um, yeah, Mark de Jong. But the tennis guy. Yeah, it hasn't really happened anything interesting. He was convicted. And like, well, That's it? Yeah. Done. Okay. Pretty much. Pretty much. Hmm. hmm. Yeah, that was my story. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I tell you mine? Yes. Now I want to hear your story. Okay. And I'm putting away my notes. Okay. Let me find my story. <laughs> find your story. Explore your inner narrative. Okay. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Peter Bergman? No. Okay. Well, Peter Bergman is the name... Mm -hmm. Can you say the surname one more time? (laughs) Bergman. Oh, it is a G. Yeah. Oh, okay. I I heard a K first, like Berkman. No, Bergman, uh, and it's man with two N's. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I... I'm going to tell you about him. Mm-hmm. On Friday the 12th of June 2009, he was first spotted at the Ulster bus stop depot in Derry, Londonderry. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and um, throughout the course of, of the story, much like um, Tuesday, mm. um, there's a lot of CCTV. So a lot of his movements are um, put together from the CCTV. Okay. Um, so he was spotted in the Ulster bus depot in Derry and between 2.30 and 4 o'clock he's sort of hanging around the station and then he gets on a bus going to Sligo station so Sligo Sligo? Sligo um, it's actually oh. it's actually really beautiful um, it's on the southwest coast of Ireland it's in the Republic um, most people, if they're in that part of the world, they go to Donegal, um, hmm. but Sligo is like an hour away, less, hmm. um, from Donegal, just a little bit further south. So it's it's actually where W.B. Yeats spent a lot of his summers, the poet, so oh, a lot of okay. his um, poems are inspired by Sligo. Huh. Um, I I always thought the name was such, it's such an ugly name. I, I can't get by it like i totally trust your judgment or your review of the place and the historical value but every time you say slago it's um, just yeah i know it's it's like but look here's some pictures <laughs> oh that's gorgeous that isn't is. it i i can't yeah. see the pictures i'm showing you i'm just hitting right and it's like a combination almost of 
Well, the Look at that. idyllic general island feeling combined with a little bit of New Zealand, a little bit, of, almost a bit of Irish rock and uh, a little bit of Holland as well with some of the houses. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful. There's some old houses. Um, there's only like 20,000 people who live there as well. Like it's, it's mm. a small place. And yeah, most people who are in that part of the country, they'll just go to Donegal. There's a beautiful coastal route that you can take from uh, from Belfast, where most people would sort of fly into. People mm-hmm. fly into Belfast or Dublin. If not, they'll go into Cork, and if not, they'll yeah. go into Shannon. Um, but Derry does have an airport as well. It's just Derry, London, Derry has an airport. It's just <laughs> n- not widely used. Like it's it's like flying from like Eindhoven or something here it's just a bit oh, strange okay. yeah um but that's where it is in terms of geography oh, okay okay i feel like my description was fairly accurate so right on the uh, nape of the neck of the um, enthusiastic penguin yes if if that's how we're describing ireland <laughs> yeah it's on the nape of the neck um <laughs> but but it's also pretty random place to go um so unless you have family there which is kind of unlikely because there's twenty thousand people so i mean and it's mostly irish people from ireland who Mm. stay there and don't go too far outside it (laughs) um you know it's not like there's a lot of immigration there's also most people don't really leave Mm. um but yeah there's not much reason to go unless you're obviously a w wb yates fan or something mm. and even then it's not like he was born there he just spent his summers there so okay. you would really have to be a big fan to kind of know um so anyway our friend peter bergman so just fyi um the, the journey would would take maybe a couple of hours by car it's like 85 miles mm-hmm. so sorry i didn't look it up in kilometers for a change um, it's like less than 140 kilometers, like 136 oh, okay. kilometers mm-hmm. away. Um, so it, it's a decent bus journey. Like there's no way I would do it. And you, you go from Derry, you pretty much go straight across the border and then you drive through Donegal the whole way down to Sligo. So it's, um, it's actually a really beautiful countryside, but it's, you know, the roads aren't going to be amazing. Mm. So yeah, he boards the bus and, um, he arrives in Sligo at about half six in the evening. He then takes a taxi to Sligo City Hotel and uh, and he checks in, gives the name of Peter Bergman, which is the name I'm telling you now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Oh. Okay. Ah. Yeah. He pays 65 euros in cash. Um, he gives his address as, I, I'm sure I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly, but, and I also tried to look it up and couldn't, couldn't find it but it's Anstetterson uh, 15 and it's in Vienna Austria so hmm. this is the address he puts down um, and I checked multiple sources and this is the address given in all the sources hmm. but even without the house number or just using the postcode I couldn't actually find the address but they did look into it they did look into it and we will touch on that a little bit later okay, okay. so I don't know what my issue is but clearly there's something <laughs> probably umlauts there's no umlauts in any of the sources. That's the thing. Yeah, but the sources might be... Well, then consistently not putting umlauts in. Come on, guys. Anyway. I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, me neither. Um, so that was Friday the 12th of June, hmm. uh, 2009. Um, so he gets all checked in, all good. He doesn't have to give ID when he checks in at the hotel, hmm. by the way, just in case you mind, just in case you care. Um so on Saturday, um, he 
is seen walking to the the post office at about 10 to 11 in the morning and he purchases eight 82 cent stamps which is a little bit more expensive than uh, local stamps and he mm. also gets some airmail stickers and um, and that's all we know really from Saturday um, on Sunday he um, left the hotel sometime between 11 a.m. and 11.30 and um, and found a taxi driver and asked the, the driver to recommend a nice quiet beach where he could go for a swim. So the taxi driver said, Whoa. yeah, taxi driver said Ross's Point is a really good place. Um, and it is, by the way, Ross's Point is really nice. I think even I've heard of that, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not too far away. Uh, and yeah. He drives him up to the beach, drops him off, I think, at the cliffs. Um, and uh, later on, our good friend Peter Bergman ends up getting the same taxi back to the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this wasn't okay, going okay. where this no, that where was, you a fake out, was going. But okay. Yeah, he, he gets the taxi driver <laughs> to drop him back. Um, but strangely, doesn't get him to... He, he doesn't get picked up at the hotel and he also doesn't get dropped off at the hotel so the taxi Hmm. driver had no idea what hotel he was staying in he just got dropped off at the bus station in Sligo again and the other thing was he did say to the taxi driver that he was Austrian Um, he was described as having a Germanic accent um, Mm. although the dairy bus driver guy um, did remember him getting on the bus with uh, like a black sort of standard size uh, suitcase that you would bring as um, luggage like okay. if if you're going onto the plane, the one mm. what it, I, my mind is going blank. Hand luggage, yeah. Hand luggage, wow. Um, <laughs> guy had black hand luggage, and he had a sort of small um, over-the-shoulder bag that looked kind of like a laptop case. Who knows if it was or not? So the dairy bus driver is the only one that didn't describe him as having a heavy Germanic accent. He described him as having some accent that wasn't Irish, sounded maybe Eastern <laughs> European. So, <laughs> which. Um, if you've ever heard a dairy accent, um, if you haven't, go on YouTube and listen to it. It's um, charming and a little bit funny. But, yeah. But just to um, get back, so was mm-hmm. it 2009? or 2009. Yeah, okay, okay, cool. Um, just thinking of laptops and shit. Yeah, yeah, so it's not like so long ago that it would be weird or anything. Mm. So, yeah, that is Sunday. On Monday... Um, we're now up to the 15th of June. The guy had arranged for late checkout at the hotel. So at um, just after 1 p.m., he hands in his room key and he leaves with the black shoulder bag, may have been a laptop bag, as well as a purple plastic bag, which we'll get on to later, and a different black luggage bag. So it wasn't the same one he checked in the hotel with. We don't think it's the same one he got in the bus with. Um, okay. But, yeah, we we have no idea what happened to that um, other black carry-on luggage. So, fine. He ends up going back to the bus station. This time he goes on a kind of long route. It's um, via Key Street and then Wine Street. And he stops at Keyside Shopping Centre. And, again, we know this because of all the CCTV. He waits really awkwardly in a doorway for a couple of minutes. Not sure what that's about because we know there are cameras there Mm. and he probably knew there were cameras there. So, you know, why, if if you're going to be lurking, then I don't know. But anyway, by quarter past one, he left the shopping center, walked back along Wine Street, still heading towards the bus station, still carrying all the bags. Everything seems sort of fine. Um... 
by the time he gets to the bus station, he orders a cappuccino and a ham and cheese toasty. And while he's eating the food, he takes out pieces of paper that are in his pocket. And he's sort of taking them out and putting them back and reading the paper. And eventually he, he tore the paper in half, maybe in more pieces, and ends up throwing it in a nearby rubbish bin. Papers never find. What? Yeah, I don't know. He then gets onto a bus at, and it's now 2.20, um, and the bus is heading for Ross's Point, the place that he was going swimming the day before. There are reports of him being seen by up to 16 people while walking along the beach. And there's, you know, various people who were interviewed who said, yeah, you know, I, I said hello or I was with my whoever and, mm. and said hi. And he, he seemed to be in pretty good spirits and he nodded hello. I find it quite interesting that I, I it's described that he um, greeted passersby, but it didn't seem like he spoke to them. And I just thought that was quite funny because in Ireland, it's it's so normal whether you're in a car or whether you're walking around. Um, even if you don't speak to someone, it's you, you always sort of, um, if you're driving, you'll like mm-hmm. raise your fingers in your steering wheel to sort of go oh. thanks or hi or whatever, or you'll tip your head or your hat mm-hmm. um, or you do a little nod. Like that. that's very normal. It's not like it would be weird not to speak. But I just find it kind of interesting that maybe he was doing it so his accent isn't revealed or something. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. But yeah, he seemed in, in good spirits. Yeah, I don't know what the equivalent to Austrian customers. No idea. Um, mm. But I I don't feel like that's very normal in um, in Benelux to, to sort of to nod or smile at people or to greet them. It's a little bit different in the countryside. But yeah. um, in Vienna, I don't imagine it's really normal to, to smile and nod and greet people. Mm. So, I, yeah, well... Most of my experiences with uh, Dutch people uh-huh. and Belgians, at least, are well. Either there is basically nothing, or there is at least one conversation opener. Even if that's completely tossed away, yeah. then you have to say like, "Oh, hello, how is the thing?" <laughs> then you either engage or walk away. Engage or walk away. Yes. Walk away without responding. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you must know this is common as well um, with people, you know, the standard like, oh, hi, how are you doing? And they don't want a response on how you're doing. Yeah, yeah. That is just a greeting, basically. Yeah, that's okay. That's a bit more normal than just walking away. No, but that's what happens. Like someone says like, hi, how are you doing? And just mean it as, no, no, this is just a longer hello. I'm not actually interested in how you're doing. And if you give it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hi, how are you doing? And then keep walking. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. The the way I was thinking of it really was a question, despite (laughs) agreeing with you that, yeah, people don't say it as a question. (laughs) Okay, so... Yeah, he was walking along the beach. He was he had his jeans rolled up to his knees. He's um, walking parallel with the sea. He's Mm -hmm. uh, maybe ankle deep in the water. And yeah, he seems he seems in pretty good spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, I believe, fairly late in the day that the last sighting was. I think it was after 10 o'clock at night. And the Irish Sea is, well, it's not even the Irish Sea, it's um, the Atlantic. Um, okay. Because it's north, yeah, yeah, yeah. west. It's cold. It's really cold. <laughs> anyway. Um, but you know what? It's June. Maybe it was a nice day. Um, so yeah, the, on the Tuesday, um, we're going to swap to a different, uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, Arthur Kinsella and his son, Brian, um, they, the son was training for a triathlon. Mm-hmm. Um, they were running along the beach and they found Peter Bergman and it was about quarter to seven in the morning. It was described as being at dusk. 
initially they thought it was this this is such a common thing i i'm mm. always shocked whenever i read it although i'm i'm getting less shocked and um, they <laughs> thought it was a store mannequin and they stopped and then realized oh. of course um it was an actual body um and and i think like you don't expect to stumble across a dead body well that kidding? depends I on do. where you are Constantly. and where you live i'm well, terrified enough, all the time enough. i'm like i think a lot of people don't expect that yeah I once found a dead dog in a bin bag at a park. I think that scarred me for life. Oh, uh, in a bin bag? Yeah. Did you open the bin bag or was yeah, it Yeah, well, open? I didn't know what it was. Huh. It was really horrible. I can imagine. I, I'm just thinking if I Why just found a there? random bin bag Why in the park, I there? would not open it. But oh, no, of course I would. Like, I'm, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But, like, it was, like... Yeah, it was, it was bad. I don't, I don't know why, like, why would it be there? Like, if you, if you, if it's a family pet and you love this dog, then mm. you'd bury it. You wouldn't let it decay in a bin bag and in a park. Mm. Anyway, it Maybe was all. we were hoping path. for the wildlife to go the course of nature and no, all that. No, but then you wouldn't leave it in a bin bag, surely. It was being eaten by maggots. It was mm. pretty bad. Nah, that's horrible. Yeah. Anyway, so back to the, the other bit. Um... Arthur and his son Brian um, find Peter Bergman and uh, instead of calling the police, <laughs> they Arthur turns to his son and, and says, essentially, um, would you pray with me? Like, shall we, um, you know, just use this moment to, to say the Lord's Prayer? And that's what they did. They stood over the body, said the Lord's Prayer and then called mm. the Garda. Um, uh, oh, OK. Yeah, th th that is fine. Like. When you said instead of calling the police, I thought that well, would I mean, have been more like let's pray and then walk away. But no, no, no to, that, to me, like, that is completely fine. Yeah, yeah. I I thought that was so Irish and and very sweet as long mm. as the person was Christian, because yeah. otherwise it's a bit creepy. Well, um, but you know what, you do you do what you do. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really sweet. Um, mm. So they they do that, and Arthur later sort of described the moment, and it it actually sounded. Um, I think he described it as being peaceful and considering, you know, what, what inevitably comes after a body is discovered. I think that's quite beautiful. Mm. Um, there was also someone the day before who said whenever she saw um, Peter Bergman walking along the beach, the, the sun was cutting through the clouds. And when the sun hit him, it, he, he just glowed entirely. <laughs> like he, all of him was gold. And oh. um, yeah, there were some really nice descriptions. Um so the guardia were called and by 8, 10 in the morning, Dr. Valerie McGowan um, officially pronounced him dead. But it was pretty clear he was, you know, already gone. Now, <laughs> some interesting things. There are varying reports of the cause of death and um, what he was wearing at the time he was found. Um, okay. The most common thing is that um, he's described as... Um, being completely naked when he's found um, and that the cause of death was drowning. However, um, local reports don't say that at all. Local reports say that he was wearing swimming trunks with a pair of briefs over the top of them and a t-shirt tucked into them. Huh. Yeah. And they also said there was no salt water found in his lungs and the cause of death was not drowning. They, it was undetermined. Hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of strange and really but, like if if you look up this case internationally it seems mm -hmm. really standard to describe the death as drowning but no apparently not 
And there are no direct like statements from police or so on the investigation? There are quotes of um, it being described as a death by drowning, but bear in mind, a lot of the initial reporting would have been done before it was actually looked at. Mm. So, yeah. I, I couldn't find a, a proper source either way. There was a documentary on this um, a couple of years ago. That also seems to go to the conclusion that he did not drown. Hmm. So, again, kind of interesting. I haven't seen the documentary, but I intend to after this. Yeah, and also, I'm not sure why I haven't thought of this before, but mm-hmm. I kind of get the urge to, like, should we just call the local police department, see what we can figure out? You and I? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, okay, 2009, eight and a half, possibly nine years. Well, it's not an open case, this one. It should be possible to figure out or weasel out in that case, right? Right, tell you what, I'll call the police next week and we'll do a recap in their next recording. Brilliant. Or at least our next mystery. Let's That let's sounds see. brilliant. And whenever you're editing this episode, you have to remind me that I agreed to this because <laughs> I will completely forget. Um, will do. Okay, so... Yeah, it, it says... All, all the quotes say that the Sligo medical examiner deemed the cause of death to be drowning but and, and found no signs of foul play. And while everywhere says there were no signs of signs of foul play, all the superficial reports I find say drowning. Hmm. All the in-depth sources are not drowning. All the local sources hmm. specifically say there was no water in his lungs, which is, I find, totally bizarre. And it's also interesting that it's widely reported that he was naked. But again... Yeah. Uh, local ones say no. But you said the ones that said that he was not naked said he had swimming trunks and what was above? A pair of briefs above briefs? the swimming trunks. Uh, yeah, so weird. swimming trunks, briefs above. I was going to make a connection to the no. rolled up jeans or something. No, no, no. And then a t-shirt oh. on as well and they were tucked into the trunks. So it's not even like if it's like, oh, he was wearing swimming trunks or, oh, he was this. It, it's mm. like, it's so specific that I find it hard to believe someone just made it up. Yeah. Um, and you're talking about like, uh, let me see if I can find. One of them is the the Irish Independent, which is like one of the biggest newspapers in Ireland, if not hmm. the biggest. So I'd kind of trust what they have to say on it. Okay. Um, and yeah, we have to check out the documentary. But um, yeah, it seems, seems like it, it was the case. Hmm. But yeah, so more odd things. So he was, even the passers-by said, you know, he had really well-combed gray hair. He um, he looked tidy. He was he was very smartly dressed, um, like out of place, smartly dressed. Um, mm. It seemed a little bit strange, but fine. And yeah, he looked like he took care of himself. Um, whenever, during the autopsy, they said his teeth were in good condition. There were uh, signs of frequent dental work throughout his life. You know, bridges, root canals. Um, he even had a, a gold tooth, um, which to me isn't doesn't scream great dental work, but I guess well, it's a generational thing. Yeah, um, Like, I, I just think people of my generation don't go for gold and silver well maybe that no maybe it's just me but yeah despite being well groomed and uh dressed quite smartly he was actually in really poor health um yeah he had bone tumors he was in in advanced stages of prostate cancer um he'd had at least one heart attack previously and he was missing a kidney um i assume that that was known by him it wasn't like he woke up one morning with a sore side um, but no idea whether it was 
him giving it up for a transplant or removed mm. because of disease or or anything in between. But I'm assuming, especially from your earlier comments with the address and everything, that they couldn't find any relatives or so? Good question on the address. I should have brought that back up. So they, they traced the ad- address to a vacant lot in Vienna. So, hmm. yeah, um, so it was total nonsense, as was the name. It's not his name. We don't know his name. He had no idea. He actually cut out the labels and all his clothes. Um, The clothes were found, um, whether he was wearing them or not. Mm. Um, Yeah, they found some personal effects about 300 meters from the location of the body. They found shoes. They found socks. They found trousers, jumper, black leather jacket, pack of tissues, um, some money, uh, sheets of blank paper. So I assume that's to do with the stamps he bought. Maybe he was writing letters then. Mm. Um, Plasters aspirin wristwatch and soap that came from the hotel but yeah the toxicology report showed that there was no evidence of painkillers in his system not even like aspirin um and given his state of health they suspected he'd be in a lot of pain Mm -hmm. so they thought it's more likely that he should have something in his system for Mm -hmm. that but yeah they i mean they they took fingerprints they have his dna on file um now it was reported that they circulated all of this internationally as well as nationally um with all different police forces however years later um so i think it was around 2015 uh a french magazine did an article on it and Mm -hmm. they reached out to the um austrian uh police forces and they said they'd never been contacted by irish police about it really never ever ever and they said that's shady though well they said if there's no signs of foul play then it wouldn't be something interpol would get involved in and Hmm. you know it would need to either be a missing person which would involve being reported missing in your own country or you'd need to be a criminal and he didn't pop up as being a criminal anywhere but they said they were never contacted which sounds crazy yeah like what they just looked into the random address that I couldn't find and it's a vacant lot and okay. But yeah, nothing in a system. Um, There were some other really odd things. There was um, a hotel employee who walked in on him um, and he initially was sort of freaked out and then he realized it was a hotel employee and calmed down immediately and seemed just relieved that it was a hotel employee and not someone else which I find completely bizarre. Um, also, whenever he left the hotel on that last day, remember I said he had uh, the, the black case, the big one, mm-hmm. the bigger one, um, that wasn't the same one he came into the country with, mm-hmm. um, or at least into the town with. Um, he had the, the smaller one, which was the laptop-style laptop bag. Yeah. He also had that purple plastic bag. Mm-hmm. He was seen with the purple plastic bag every day that he was in the town. Every day he left with it maybe three quarters full, and every day he returned without it. And it is just like a plain purple plastic bag. I think I have a photo I can show you. Um, so it's kind of like a violet color. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's pretty distinctive, though. Huh. So this is... Um, Especially with that attire. Yeah, I'm showing you a photo of CCTV of him outside the hotel with this yeah. sort of violet co- colored um, plastic bag. And it's full at this point. Every time he returns and it's empty. So it could just be he's like getting rid of his stuff and then wrapping up the plastic bag and putting it back in. Because you imagine you don't have like 10 of these purple plastic bags. It's a pretty distinctive color though. So why would you be carrying it? 
and unless you actually have several of it and it is for basically dropping it somewhere for someone to pick up or it's because you want to be spotted by someone hmm I think so well I mean you're you're this guy is you know slenderish build like fairly average looking um tidy gray hair 55 to 60 they reckon five mm. foot ten and a half like he's he's pretty unremarkable in every sense that I mean, is the definite word i would use after seeing that picture yeah it is unremarkable i mean describe him it there are a lot of distinctive things about him if we're talking about the missing kidney and and the <laughs> bone tumors and everything else but it's just tricky to see at a glance but but yeah, if I saw this guy in the street, I mean, it's not even like you look at him and go, oh, he's clearly not Irish. Mm. Like, he, he could be anyone. He would fit mm-hmm. in almost anywhere because he just looks like an old white guy. Yeah. Anywhere that you, you would find uh, <laughs> a future retiree, you, you'd probably not be too surprised to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he, he left every day with the thing um, around three quarters full and then, yeah, mm. came back with, well... We didn't see anything on the CCTV. Um, Essentially, we don't know what happened to him. Um, Of course, the most popular theory is um, it was a death by suicide, but there are a lot of things Mm. that just seem odd about that. Um, They did trace the clothes. So the clothes were all from CNA. Um, So uh, mainland Europe, you have CNA stores, which are kind of like slightly higher end H&M is that maybe fair to say it's it's sort of I'm older demographic sure I've um, I've only ever seen the CNA uh, here in the Netherlands or reacted to it yeah it's, um, it's common in Austria and Germany yeah. and other places like but it's sort of more central yeah I guess I'm not sure how to classify it because apparently H&M is way more um, esteemed here than yeah. it is for instance in Sweden <laughs> yeah see H&M to to me as well has quite a, a bad reputation mm-hmm. um but cna it's sort of it's it's nowhere that i would shop but it's the sort of place <laughs> that i imagine um someone's mom might shop i i don't i don't really know it's like thank you for that i've i've been in one once and i don't remember seeing a single thing that i <laughs> i would have it was one of those shops where they have a front door and a back door and mm. if it's raining then it's easier to walk through it and not yeah. get soaked um and there was mm. absolutely nothing that was that caught my eye but yeah it's to me it's one of the two dutch stores where i've actually been able to f- buy something that fits <laughs> oh so i'm apparently an old mum. oh <laughs> no i just i mean you've, I, I got the shirt i had on st patrick's day there your shirt's nice i like that shirt <laughs> no but i did like that shirt <laughs> There's a picture of it on our Twitter. People can go on and see the shirt and judge it for it. But I have no problem with the clothes he's wearing. I'm just saying, like, it's not, it's not an unusual place, but it's also not the sort of place that, well, whatever. It's well, no, 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 I I agree on that point. (laughs) (laughs) No one cares, Anish. So yeah, the clothes were from CNA, um, but he had cut out all the tags. Mm. What else was quite strange? Yeah. Him ending up in Sligo as well is is pretty weird. Like mm. we discussed earlier, you've never heard of it. Most people have probably never heard of it. Um, if you've heard of somewhere in Ireland um, that's that's not obvious, like Dublin, then it's mm. probably going to be Cork or um, or Donegal. Like 
Donegal is such a common place for people to go if they want to go on the coast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it must have been a deliberate destination, yeah. I feel. Yeah, for sure. Um, the interesting thing is, though, to go, um, to get into the country, if you were traveling from um, from Vienna or, well, f- from most places in mainland Europe, you're going to have mm-hmm. to show, well, from anywhere in mainland Europe, you're going to have to show your passport. Mm-hmm. The only way he could have got into um, either Northern Ireland or the Republic of Ireland without a passport is if he flew from mainland UK. Hmm. Um, because depending on the airline, you don't need to show a passport or you can go by boat and then you don't need to show a passport between mainland UK and uh, the island of Ireland. Um, so that's a possibility. But he could have flown into Derry as well. Again, he would have needed to show his passport and they couldn't track that down. The first place they found him was um, on CCTV at uh, the Derry bus station. No idea how he got there. Hmm. But who's to say he didn't take a taxi from Belfast to Derry? It's a couple of hours. And he could have flown into Belfast really easily. Um, The general consensus is that, yeah, we we think he's from Vienna, but there's there's no reason to believe that. He didn't really interact with people in, in the town, but he was sort of pleasant enough he smoked he's caught on cctv smoking a bunch of times Mm. not that we really care and yeah um the 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 big assumption is that he died by suicide but there's a lot of things that just don't really add up with that and he did seem to think there was someone around who was following him or or might have followed him or might have known where he was um, Apart from the incident with the staff, I assume. Yeah, the um, some of the behaviour on CCTV, like lurking in the doorway, seemed a little mm. bit strange. Um, but I don't know. Um, maybe it's like, what was the the end of Sin City? Josh Hartnett's character, the Wait, hitman. Who is Josh Hartnett? Um, he's. Oh, how do I describe him? I'm not even going to bother. Basically, what if... No, he's, he's kind of not worth the hassle. He left Hollywood. You're not going to know who he is these days. <laughs> and I can't think of a single I mean, I've seen movie the movie several in. times. I'm just not connecting the character. He's, he's the guy at the very start and the very end who, like, embraces a woman before shooting her. I'm just wondering maybe if he paid to be killed or something like that. Huh. And um, maybe that's why he, he was sort of a bit on edge but he also but and I don't know. suspicious deliveries and whatnot yeah well deliveries mm. we, we he also avoided cctv we don't have any footage of him chucking out stuff in the purple bag hmm. he seemed he was described um in a lot of places as being aware of where the cctv was and going out of his way to avoid it hmm. so he must have been up to something he didn't want captured yeah but yeah, there, there's also a question about maybe he was, um, maybe he went out to sea and he hoped his body would never be found. He expected to drown, but actually he suffered a heart attack uh-huh. and then was washed ashore. But it, it is like one of the, um, I mean, it's at least one of the most easily accessible northwestern points in Europe hmm. that goes right onto the ocean. And yeah, maybe there is an assumption. I mean, there's sharks and stuff off the coast. Um, when you <laughs> really say go, far out. When you say go out to sea, do you mean just swim out? Swim or? as far as you can go and then be oh, carried okay, out okay. by the tide, maybe. I just, my mind first went to uh, getting some kind of boat or vehicle, and that would be easier to someone notice it being gone, I guess. Yeah, but then you have um, <clears throat> you have the whole thing about you're on that boat and you're going to probably starve to death hmm. unless you jump in. No, no, that's what I assume. Like going out with the boat, then jumping in, but Aww. swimming is the thing as well. Like I assume 
that it's always kind of a Murphy's law with those things because like if you're swimming out you might not swim too far but yeah. if you actually really want to get back to shore yeah. of course the current's going to grip you yeah. uh, but like if that was the case here and he wanted to get out to sea yeah um and then like no no we're bringing you back to the beach yeah of course of course the sea is a fickle beast maybe it was a heart attack mm. yeah who knows but i do have issues like what are your issues have, tell me your not issues. issues i have difficulties seeing i've never had a heart attack but if you're actually swimming out and you're having a heart attack, I'm having difficulty seeing that there would be no water in his lungs because trying to cope with that and not just going under and breathing in stuff would be tricky, I would assume. Why didn't I think of that? That's a really good point. Yeah. Hmm. Why Why would... Oh, you look so sad right now. No, I, I was contemplative. It is sad, though. <laughs> it is. Um, but yeah, you, you think... And if... If he just had a heart attack in shallow water, then, well, he was he was washed up on the beach, so maybe that was it. Mm, that then it possible. kind of kills the whole reasoning behind being in, you know, being in north eastern northwestern point where you can be washed out to sea and never find. Yeah, true. Unless it was an insurance thing or whatever else, but even that, it's sort of a little bit strange because... Um, For there to be an insurance claim, surely he must be, you know, it must be find. possible to find, identify him and sort that out. Unless it's like you go missing for seven years and then they get ah, to claim it true, or something. True, um, I mean, it's not the easiest, but if your uh, oh. life insurance doesn't cover death from a pre-existing medical condition or, mm. or suicide, then maybe that's the best option if he has family. True, true. Um, yeah, I guess... I guess that's pretty much it. He ended up being buried um, fairly locally. The mm. um, the guardy uh, paid for for him to be buried, and um, I I don't believe anyone attended the funeral other than local police. Mm. And yeah, the only other thing is there was some speculation that maybe he actually didn't know that he had prostate cancer or the bone tumors. Mm. Like maybe it really was that that he he just wasn't aware of it and it's just this strange coincidence but mm. I mean if you're in pain then which you probably should have been by that Yeah, stage. they're they're yeah. they're pretty much convinced he was in a lot of pain by the end, but it's so strange that you're not taking painkillers then. Yeah. Anyway, that is the end of my story. Yeah. I think I'm leaning, I, I do kind of see what you mean with the Trevellini aspect of more on the front of, you know, taking charge of your own destiny, I guess. Yeah. Like the most convincing thing I hear is along the lines of having all the sickness. I'm not sure about the insurance stuff, but basically, no, no, sorting out affairs, going somewhere beautiful, then either taking it all in your own hands to yeah. end your life or like you said maybe paying someone to help with it yeah and just trying to get a quick and peaceful end at the end yeah that's what stands out right now from that side that's that's why i thought it was really nice that uh the guy who found him with his son um prayed mm. over him before calling the guardian but, mm, definitely uh, yeah that's the end though it is that is the mm -hmm. end it's the end of another week. Yeah, that means it's the end of our Friday mystery and it's time for the weekend. Yeah, it is. To well, presumably drink and be merry, celebrate the 
joyous life and stop rambling, which yeah. I do tend to do. Yeah, we're going to stop. I can hear Kelsey meowing in the background. She's very upset. She's she, telling the humans to stop. She's sick of hearing about crime and murder and death true. and awful things. She wants nibbles and cuddles. Yeah, she does. Mm. She does indeed. We need to attend to the cat. Rather, you do. I will just bask in the you know, vision. As soon as I go check on her, she's going to run away. Oh, of course. That's, That's cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as long as we're clear on that. I'm not, like, leaving her starving in a corner. She's sitting there, meowing, ready for me to, like, move. And then she will run away. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I sit back down again, she's going to start again. True. But, <laughs> yeah. Happy weekend, everyone. I mm-hmm. um, I hope you've enjoyed our curious cases. Mm-hmm. Please Ms. let Friday. us know any theories that you have. We or... would love your theories. Mm-hmm. I, I so love getting theories. They're amazing. <laughs> Yeah, then we can spend the weekend devouring them. Exactly. But, yeah, you can always reach out to us on Twitter at Crime by the Bar. Or if you want to write an email, go for crimebythebar at gmail.com. And you can check out our website for all the latest details from the show, crimebythebar.com. With also gorgeous photos of possibly landscape. And, uh, yeah, I'll put the landscape ones up. We actually have photos of, um, of Peter Bergman, um, oh. or the guy that's not called Peter Bergman. Oh, yeah. And I'm in two minds about whether to post them or not. Um, mm. So, yeah, we, we have one from the morgue. Mm. It's on the wiki page, so if anyone's curious, uh, they can look it up themselves. Maybe not that one. I did like the CCTV one you showed me, though. The CCTV ones are super interesting. Mm. And also, um, actually, you know what? I'll put up a link of him reading that little bit of paper in his pocket a bunch of times oh, yeah. before he tears it up. I'll put Sounds that one good. up. Um, okay. <laughs> and on that note, we'll be back again for a new episode on Tuesday mm-hmm. um, that's a little bit less mysterious, um, <laughs> all, although we're, we're giving no spoilers this week. True, true. And yeah, have a good weekend, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Prepped and ready. Mm. Mine involves a cheese and ham toasty. So it's Welsh? No. Oh no, sorry, that's too advanced. They're just cheese toasties. Um, Rarebit isn't a toasty. No, but just on the. I mean, Rarebit is a delicacy. You go to a a luxury restaurant and get that. You can actually as well, so Mm. leave it out.